Welcome to our newest episode of the Lebanese Physicians Podcast. And today we will be talking about how to secure a residency position in the U.S. with two very accomplished ex-medical students at the American University of Beirut, Dr. Leah Mujais and Dr. Ala Osta. They both actually ended up matching in emergency medicine. So Leah did her medical school at the American University of Beirut and subsequently went to Boston Children's Hospital, where she did a postdoc search position uh, focusing on vaccine development and uh, subsequently was able to uh, match at uh, Johns Hopkins University for emergency medicine, I think very easily. And then <laughs> we've got uh, Dr. Ala Osta, who also finished the medical school at the American University of Beirut, did her two years of postdoc at the University of Chicago and subsequently matched in emergency medicine at the Duke University Hospital. So uh, welcome, uh, Leah, and welcome, Ala. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So, Leah, can you tell me a bit about like your journey, uh, how you, you ended up in the U.S. and how you ended up here right now or, or even before that? Yeah. So, uh, as you mentioned, I graduated medical school from AUB in 2019. During the, my fourth year, as everyone else during their fourth year, we were looking for research research positions, I wanted to come to the States because I wanted to get my residency or my certifications from here so I can go back to Lebanon. So during fourth year, I was looking for research positions, specifically in emergency medicine, but it was very hard for me to, to find one. It was either there, were, there was no funding or no positions available. It's a very tricky, um, if you want, specialty to find active clinical research and funding in it. And so eventually, by word of mouth, I found this research position at Children's, which deals with vaccine development, and it has like a lot of implications in public health. And it's kind of a realm that I wanted to indulge in. And so I just reached out to the primary investigator and, you know, we had an interview over the phone and he just liked the way I presented myself and he offered me the position. And so... Maybe two months after graduation, I packed my bags and I moved to Boston. So that was like, that was how I ended up here. That, how did how did you end up in, in Chicago? It's a very similar story. So again, uh, last year of medical school, we were searching for a research position, hopefully in the U.S., because it would be easier for us to apply for residency. So I started emailing doctors starting with the beginning of uh, Met4, so like June 2018. And I started sending mass emails searching for a research position, hopefully in emergency medicine as well. And as Leah said, it's a tricky specialty because doing research in this field is not well popular, maybe just a way to say it. So, but we tried our best and we started emailing physicians. And until one of the physicians uh, responded to one of my emails in May 20, 2019, so it took like months and he also, and we also had a chat over Zoom and he liked how I presented myself as well. And I ended up having a postdoc uh, position in uh, EM and cardio doing cardiac arrest research in a lab. So mostly it was basic science, which I didn't think I would end up doing, but I liked it. So basically uh, we can say that both of you secured your research position just by emailing a lot of people with interest in doing that and, and you secured them. Because at this point, a lot of people are, trying to secure uh, research positions, but it's extremely hard to find a paid research position. I think it's much easier to find an unpaid uh, research position, but extremely hard to find a, a paid one. So do you think that was, do you think that was the right pathway to choose to 
get into an emergency medicine residency afterwards? Uh, and, and how did you use this pathway to get into uh, emergency medicine? So when, this is a very good question because when it comes to emergency medicine, it's a nice specialty where they don't really look a lot on how many publications you did. So they don't really care whether you did 10 or 20 publications. But what's important in securing a research position is having a mentor in the US who can help you at least through this throughout this road by writing a letter of recommendation, by contacting or networking and supporting you in your application process. In emergency medicine, they care more about the clinical practice, like if you did an elective in the US and if you have a slowy or not. But the research position would help with the networking more. And of course, having more research experience if the applicant wants to continue with an academic, with the academic realm. No, I, I totally agree with what Ala said, especially with emergency medicine. There's, there isn't this huge focus on publications. They do care about your connections. They do care about you in a clinical setting. And so we both worked in basic science. And so our PIs know that they know our work ethic. They know that we put 110% into what we were doing, especially that we came with not a lot of background in basic science. So they could attest to our you know, work ethic and how we are in the lab and how we interact with people. And that's mainly what emergency medicine physicians want to know about you. How can you interact in certain scenarios? And I think, you know, doing this research, I think maybe gave us some perspective into how to interact in different settings. And that's what we're going to be exposed to in the emergency department. And it seems like, because people say when you do basic science research, right, uh, you, do you do one year or do you do two years or do you do more? Because it can be a long time, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, Usually, typically, no one is going to give you a one-year position in basic science because, especially if you don't have any experience, they're going to spend six months training you, and then six months and you're gone. It's not a good investment for them. So most basic science like research positions are at least two years, and then it depends on you. I have some friends who are postdocs who started at the same time as me and who are doing three or four years because they want to go into that track. So it also depends on the person and what they want. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree with basic science. It's really hard to accomplish anything within the first year. So if you want, really want to learn what research is for your own self, and of course, for working with your PI, uh, you need at least two years with basic science or research in general, I would say. And I would like to add to that, I think it depends on the funding because some funding have certain conditions. Like, uh, for example, if it's a direct NIH funding, if you finish one year, you have to repay to the, to the medical or to the scientific society and do another year. So it's sometimes part of the condition as well. Can you give us an example of uh, some of the research that you've worked on and uh, potentially published in? Maybe we can start with Leo. Yeah, so uh, my research is purely vaccine development. We deal with bacterial vaccines and I worked on two bacteria. Uh, one of them is streptococcus pneumonia and the other is staph aureus. And uh, we are publishing, we're actually uh, in review right now for our paper or our vaccine on strep. So I think it's, uh, it's a great paper. It, the technology that we use is very smart. I was very, uh, I had no idea what it meant when I first started. But then when I started to understand the mechanisms of it, uh, it's a very, very smart, complex technique. And it provides coverage for a lot of strains and serotypes, which isn't covered by the currently available vaccines. 
So our vaccine is currently in animal trials and hopefully a pharmaceutical company has picked it up to start human trials. So it's something that, you know, it took two years, but it's very much worth it. Um, and the other project is still like in the preliminary stages because we, I didn't have the time for it. Honestly, two years isn't enough, so. Yeah, I guess we might be hearing your name uh, more in the future if this vaccine is successful. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us uh, about some of the examples of what you've done? Yeah, um, so I, our, my PI works on cardiac arrest in mice. So basically he was working on, uh, uh, it's a, also a basic science uh, lab where he studies uh, the myocardial function and some certain transcription factors in the heart. I came in and I introduced uh, focusing on the brain. So my research project focuses on brain inflammation after cardiac arrest and how we can target it along with hypothermia in order to improve the neurological outcomes after cardiac arrest. So we introduced some um, methods, new methods with analysis, whether it's a behavioral assessment or staining or other methods. And our paper actually got accepted two weeks ago. So it took a lot of time. It took at least a year and a half, but it got finally ac accepted after hard work. So, yeah. That, and that's the thing with basic science is you have a lot of failures uh, before you have a success. You have to be very patient uh, with it. And that's why two years or more are probably needed just for you to be able to produce something. So the next question is, how did you establish your, your connections during your research? So basically, you need, you need to get letters of recommendation, right, for applying for residency. So was it just from your mentors or were you able to connect with some of the other physicians at the hospital while you were doing your research? Maybe Ella could start. Um, so with, with the connections, it's very important to work with your PI, of course, and have a very good work relationship with your PI, because you can learn and at the same time he can help, he or she, of course, can help you during the residency path and during the career path in general. But it's also important to network with other physicians, maybe within the same department. So get to know the physicians within the department, at least where you work. This is how I did. So I have two mentors actually uh, where I work and I got to know some other physicians. And at the same time, during your free time, during research, I started doing my own networking. So I started meeting physicians on uh, emergency medicine societies or by word of mouth. And I started contacting other uh, physicians as well. It's very nice to stay established with your PI, but it's also good to get out of your comfort box and uh, our comfort zone and meet other physicians your own with other ways, maybe in national conferences. I participated in SAEM, for example, for AM, and maybe other, other occasions. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree with what Allah said. So the most important relationship you have during your research year is with your PI because they will go above and beyond for you. And so, for example, in my case, my uh, PI is both EM and ID certified. So he's double boarded and he rotates both on the floor and in the emergency department. So I was always on rounds with him in both departments. I got to know both sets of faculty and even other than the faculty within the hospital that you work in, they might reach out to other people. For example, my PI introduced me to a Lebanese emergency medicine physician also in Boston. And that physician managed to you know, help me out with one of the programs here in Boston to get an interview. So it really depends on the people you're surrounded with. And Honestly, as Alat said, sometimes it requires some personal effort. Uh, when applying for the match, what we used to do is we'd open every program that we're interested in. We would try to find someone 
whose name sounds Lebanese or Arab. And then we try to reach out to them because we know that they might, you know, lend you a helping hand. They might recommend you. They might give you any sort of advice. So I think that's, that's also very important that you take the initiative and, you know, you try to reach out and seek other people. Basically establish, establish connections, make sure you have a good work ethic. And I think, I think it's, it's important to have a good work ethic, but at the same time, it's important to be connected to other people or socially connected to other people exactly. because that will help you significantly in your uh, endeavors to get a good letters of recommendation afterwards. So I'm going to go back a bit. And uh, that's an important question, I think, because a lot of people now, they email with like a small, let's say, five, uh, five par- one paragraph CV or five sentence CV and ask for, let's say, a research position. But that, that does not help because when somebody sees such a small CV written in that way, they probably will say, oh, this, this person does not have enough experience. So why should I be paying them to do the work for me? I can probably get them and, and uh, let them work for free for me, but I'm not going to pay them or sponsor a visa for them. So how did you, I'm sure you worked on your CV for you to get your research position. So Leah, how did you, how did you get, how did you work on your CV or what do you recommend people to do uh, in terms of writing their CV to, uh, to get noticed? Yeah, so honestly, for the CV part of this uh, whole discussion today, I'm not an expert at it, to be fair. I applied to this position with zero to like almost no experience in basic science. The the experience I had was that from undergrad with our like obligatory bio courses and chemistry courses. And so when I did have that interview with, with my PI, he asked me the question, he's like, but you don't have experience. Like how I can just hire a PhD who's done five years of basic science and they will do the job maybe even better than you. But then, you know, as IMGs and as Lebanese people, I think uh, we like to present ourselves because we are that way. We, at that point, when we're applying from fourth year, we literally have nothing to lose if we're, if we're aiming for the state. So I just told them that if you do hire me, I mean, I'm just going to give you 150, whatever the PhD is going to give you, I'm going to give you even more because this is what I need. You know, for them, it's just, you know, the regular pathway for you. For us, it's, it's, it's a necessity for us. This research is my way into the system in the state. So in terms of my CV, what he was impressed with was my clinical research. Like he knew that I could, if he gives me a project, I can get it from A to Z. So he didn't really care about my practical skills. Anyone can learn practical skills, especially in a basic lab. You know, a lot of undergraduate students do a year or two of research before medical school, and they learn all the techniques that PhDs, you know, PhDs know. So for me, it was just about showing him that I do have clinical experience in research. And if it's not clinical experience, it's just that the people who recommended me, my references really spoke to my work ethic. And so he just knew that if I just give her this project about streptococcus pneumonia, is she going to get me from A to Z? And so a lot of people applying right now don't have the experience because I was trying to, re- to replace my position. And that wasn't even a discussion anymore with my PI. He knew that we can teach the techniques. I just want to know that this person can be independent. And that's what you want to try to show. And you can show that through your volunteer work, through your clinical experience, through your hobbies. You know, a lot of those things are important on the CV. It's not just about academics. And I feel like in our culture, we try to focus on the academics, but we forget about everything else that speaks to our character. And so my advice would be focus on those things because people are interested in you as a human being, not just as a postdoc or as a physician or as an aspiring ex-specialty. 
they want to know that you're going to be fun to work with, that you're going to get along with your lab mates or with your co-residents or your co-interns. And that's what, that's what they're going to look for in your CV. Like, what do you bring to the table in terms of that social aspect as well and not just academics? So that would be my take on this. Anna, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I 100% agree with Leah. And especially on the part that you're presenting yourself as a human being. You're not presenting yourself as, let's say, a machine that's focusing only on science. You are a human being. It's nice to present some things related. And this would come even more in handy when you're applying to residency in uh, EM. When it comes to research, I would say with the CV, if there's anything one should know, should take as an advice, it's to present a very clear CV and straightforward CV. Mention what you really want. So that's why in the CV as a format, it's important to mention an objective, like you are applying to a research position. Eventually you wanna become a resident or you wanna become a licensed doctor. And of course, focus on your research in general, like you've done any kind of research, just mentioned it and explain what you did, why you have the research skills and what makes you a better candidate than any other candidate. So as Leah said, when you're applying to a postdoc, basically you're, you're applying to the same positions that PhD graduates apply to. They usually do postdoc before they apply to the market, whether it's, uh, let's say, a company or academics, either or. So you need to present yourself that as an MD, you're an, IM, you're an IMG and a Lebanese MD that's willing to work, as Leah said, 150 or even 200% more than any other applicants. So it's how you present yourself. So I agree with everything she said, and it's really important to present yourself. Be straightforward when you present yourself, and again, present yourself as a human being, and try to be direct with what you, what's your aim from this research position. You want to learn to become a scientist, and at the same time, you want to apply to become a physician as a training resident. So it's really important to be straightforward and just direct to the point when you're contacting or applying. Basically, correct me if, so basically what, what we need to do is you need to, of course, the CV, you're writing it, you write your name, you write your address, right? And then you yeah. write your academic history, like what you've done in, in high school, uh, university, medical school, and then you get to your, uh, what you've done clinically, but you don't have to go too deep into it, right? You just say, done my med, med one to med four years i've seen these types of patients uh, all this uh, all all these uh, things and then you get into your research and in that you're, it's important to mention exactly what you've done and then mention afterwards exactly what you plan to do with the research i guess what 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 and then of course mention your hobbies because i, I people are very interested too in in what you do outside outside of medicine because when they see you're interested in other stuff what you've volunteered for in terms of NGOs, volunteer outreach clinics, uh, all these issues are very important and show that you care about other people and that you probably care about going into medicine uh, per se. Mm -hmm. Is this correct? Would you add anything to this or did I summarize it well? I think you did a good job. There's one thing that I think is important and I noticed after I moved to the state and after a few of my friends also moved, um, you know, when we're applying for these postdoc positions, they know that already we're going to be challenged with, you know, learning the techniques, understanding the concepts, et cetera. And I think they worry sometimes that, because they know we're here for two years and then we're applying for the match. Sometimes they worry that if we're not done with our steps, which is super important, they might say, well, they haven't finished their exams. Are they going to focus purely on our research or are they going to have these distractions? So something that I try to encourage everyone or anyone who reaches out to me is that to try and get one or one of their steps exams out of the way 
it's super important that they come without that, you know, worry on their mind that, okay, how am I going to juggle this new life, this new job, and studying for my steps and then applying for the match. So I think it's very important that they do get to do at least their step one before coming to the state, because a lot of PIs will not hire people who haven't done at least one of them, because they've seen through experience that the postdocs who come here who've done their exams give it their all and have more time and are more relaxed. Whereas the others, you know, they want to finish the experiment, they want to go home, they want to finish a block or two of solving questions and then come back to work. So for them, it's like if they haven't done any of their exams, they kind of filter them out. So I think that's important to have on your CV as well. The next question that arises, yeah. you both probably came, I'm, I'm not 100%, but you both probably came with, with visas, right? So... No. No. <laughs> so that was uh, that, yeah. that was easy. That was that. To be fair, that was easier for us. We both hold the passports. So okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. And do you know any people who have come with visas? Uh, yeah. And was it easy for them to get the visa sponsored, or did that make it more difficult for them to get a sponsored paid research position? Yeah. So the the friends that uh, from my friends, it wasn't very easy but because they had to pass through you know paperwork and everything i don't know much of the details but it was it's not impossible it's not that hard so i know a lot of uh, a visa sponsored paid uh, researchers here whether whether they're mds or even other phds or uh, like other applicants it's not that difficult now with covid i would say that they it's based on what i see and what i hear they are facing more challenges, and at least from my lab, I tried uh, talking. I tried talking to hire maybe someone who requires a visa, but the only problem is that they don't have the, enough grants now for sponsoring visa, uh, for sponsoring for a visa. So it's, it's due to COVID, and there are challenges now. But I would say it's all temporary. Hopefully, with with COVID, I think for everyone it makes it harder because the grants are much less right now, and hopefully things are starting to pick up again. And by next year, things will be. Uh, will be better. So how did you, and so you applied for emergency medicine, and I'm sure both of you got a lot of interviews. So, so what, what do you recommend for people to do in their interviews to impress the uh, interviewers? Um, honestly, just be yourself. Like I, my interviews, I had so much fun in all of my interviews because they, I mean, emergency medicine people are super cool. So they're not going to talk about academics. They're not going to talk. They just want to get to know you because you're going to be with them on a 12-hour shift and they want to know if they can tolerate you or not. So like all my interviews were super fun. They asked me about my volunteer work. They asked me about my travel. They asked me about my yoga in the background. It was super fun. They just wanted to get to know me as a human being, like literally. There was no trick questions. There were no structured questions. It was literally tell us about yourself. Tell me what you like in life. What do you do for fun? How would you like? How would you deal with certain things in life, etc.? It was literally just getting to know my personality, and so it's literally just about being yourself. I mean, you're never gonna be liked by everyone, but chances are, if you're being yourself, you're gonna be liked by most. And so, if you're if you're just that, they're gonna love you because that's what they care about. At least in emergency medicine, I don't know about other specialties, but for EM, like I think we're super chill. So. That's why you chose it, I guess, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> did you do the same too? It was like more you were laid back. and uh... Yeah, I enjoyed all of my interviews, uh, just like Leia said. I also talked about, it was mostly like 
asking, you're doing research, which is rare in EM. They would ask about the research, but and then they would want to know you as a person. And they really folk, they really like asking about the hobbies. And this is why I think Leah brought up the hobby section. It's not only when you're applying to research, also when you're applying to residency, it's gonna come up as an interview question. Like they asked about how, like uh, when I when I used to dance hip hop before, they asked about, and I also talked to them about Star Wars. So I'm a, another Star Wars fan, <laughs> and how I was excited about the Mandalorian and uh, and other stuff related. So it's a very laid back specialty. I'm not, and yeah, well, yeah, I am biased towards EM, but you sometimes applicants would overthink that they would be stressed about interviews and whatever specialty they're applying to. Sometimes really programs want to know you as a person and they just want you to relax and be yourself. So it's not it's not like you're applying to medical school all over again or to like a very serious job. It is a serious, uh, important position, but not another type of job or anything else. So. It is. So to summarize what you what you said, so it's like half the battle is get building a good CV before you apply, where you have at least some uh, research in your pocket, uh, some clinical experience in your pocket and applying there. That way you will get the interview. But once you get the interview, I think the other half of the battle is uh, being just acting yourself, being a normal person, because all they all, all they want to know, and that's what people need to know, all they want to know in the interview is if we take this person, uh, will will they be will they be able to interact well with all the colleagues around them? And will they be able to interact well with the patients and the nurses and and everybody else? And once they see that and they see that you're a fun person uh, or uh, a person who's going to assimilate well with the program, then that is the other half of the battle. And then you uh, are able to to match. So uh, that is yeah. Congratulations to you both. Uh, great great Thank positions. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to ask you a question you don't have to answer. Uh, Salah, so was it like one of your top choices, I guess, or? Yeah, it was. Duke was uh, one of my top choices. It's, uh, it's like a dream program, too. Let's do it the same for, uh, for you later, right? And, uh, mine, definitely. It was, it was my number one, and like I'm super excited. So, yeah. And uh, I'm sure you both are looking for places to stay now and... Uh, Oh, As yeah. I think the move is very, very close, right? Definitely, yeah. yeah. Are you are you stressed out by the move or or no? Um, just a bit because I mean, no one wants to move. Like we already moved from Lebanon to wherever we are right now, and then it's like oh, we have to find a place. And then, but you know what? You always find Lebanese everywhere, and they're always going to help you. So like, I'm I'm good with that part. So yeah. Oh yeah. Same, yeah. I started co contacting Lebanese there from now, so <laughs> it makes the move easier. Yeah, and that's that's another way of establishing right connections. Exactly. Uh, yeah, because then you have what well, you get there. You have your own group of people, so you don't feel uh, you feel that you're connected immediately when you when you arrive. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you will both uh, do great, and I think uh, congratulations to you both. And just to summarize, I think it's the the most important thing. I think is to is to uh, be yourself, work hard, have a good work ethic. And when you're looking for postdoc positions, email as many people as possible. Try to show them what you can do for them and what differentiates you from other people. And hopefully everyone will be able to get the residencies and the positions that they want to get afterwards. So uh, thanks to you both for uh, being with us today. Thank you. Thank you.